the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sunday of the church year. May it be as it has been on all the other Sundays. May it be as it has been in all 365 days that God has granted you. May it be God's grace upon you and me. God's mercy has found in the death and the resurrection of his son. And God's peace Because you believe that God is real and his promises are true. On the last Sunday of the church year, God's grace, God's mercy, God's peace. Are you a king, uh, said Pilate. He asked him, Jesus did, did the people say this about me? And when it come down to the bottom line and Pilate asks him again, he says, I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. What sort of king do we have? What kingdom do we belong to? What king? Jesus states it in Matthew 5. We've read the Beatitudes quite often these last two months. Showers, Schmidtke, Strand. We've all taken our shot at it. And on this last Sunday, the church here, have to make it very clear who this king is and what he expects of his subjects. You said in the opening prayer, as did I, that most of our plans and our interests They are centered around ourselves, our agendas, our schedules, our estimation of what is important and what is not. We said it in the confession today. My plans are the forefront, but if I am a servant of the king then I must be open to his call. And what is his call? What is subjects to be like? Let me share with you one last time. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. He said, blessed are those who mourn, for God will come with his comfort. Blessed are the meek in my kingdom, for they will ultimately inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst not for money or power. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for holiness, for they will be filled with holiness. Blessed are the merciful, they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in hearts. For if you're pure in heart, then you'll see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, they'll be called sons of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted because the words they speak and the deeds they do show they belong to my kingdom and others will laugh at them and mock them. Blessed are they if their agenda is connected with me and my kingdom because I will bless them even if the world is not. What sort of king do we serve? He doesn't say blessed are the powerful for they will be the mightiest in my kingdom. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say blessed are the wealthy for their influence will branch far and wide. He doesn't say blessed are those who are connected because they'll bring a lot of people to me. Nothing along those lines. Nothing in there. Blessed are those who are first. Blessed are those who are strong. Blessed are those who are handsome. Blessed are those who are pretty. Blessed are those who have charisma. Blessed are those who have power and wealth and might. None of that. Jeremiah, 700 years before Jesus preached this sermon, he was echoing those words before they ever spoken. He said to those who belong to the kingdom, let them not glory in their wealth. Let not them boast in their wisdom. Let them not boast in their strength. Let them boast in this, that they know the Lord God Almighty, the King, the one who executes mercy and justice and holiness on this earth. If I am a subject of the King, I will be humble in spirit. When I mourn or grieve, God will come. I will hunger and thirst for righteousness. I will be merciful. I will try with the Spirit's power to be pure in my heart, my word, and my deeds. I will be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. And if I am persecuted because I am one of his children... I will think not of myself in the persecution. I will think of him. Christ the King, uh, Sunday. I'm reading the sports section this morning. I was cutting something out. Connie said, why are you cutting out something? I said, it's a sports section. You'll never read it anyway. Chicago Bears, just for a moment. One Bears player said, This group, unlike any other team I've ever played for, they have a cohesion about them. And Hicks was asked, Why does that matter for a football team? And he said this, We have a singular mindset. We're all reaching uh, toward this goal together. Rather than one guy on the team wanting to get to the Pro Bowl, or one guy on the team wanting to get more money, or one guy on the team wanting more playing time, everybody here knows his role. 
and is willing to work together to get to where we want to go. Oh my goodness gracious, that's sermon material. Everyone here knows his role and is willing to work together to get to where we want to go. Singular mindset, reaching toward the same goal. Reading a book, it's called Blessed Are the Misfits. Astonishing thought in the book. The author writes, It was very rarely mentioned in the Bible that we are to evangelize. What the Bible does mention is that we are to be a transformed people who act like Jesus acted. And in the Roman Empire, filled with addictions of all sorts, a widening gap between the rich and the poor, the male and the female, the slave and the free. When the Christians came on the scene, they were modeling an alternative society, one that looked like the kingdom of God. They loved each other, and those around them saw it and they wanted to be a part of it. They loved each other. And others wanted to be part of that community and that kingdom. Look at who you're sitting with. These three dear ladies, they sit together every Sunday. Their husbands are in heaven. They have a bond. Look at who you are sitting with. Family, friends. Look at who you are sitting with, someone in your small group. There is a commonality that breeds a peace because there is a purpose and a cause behind the commonality. And as we wait for our Lord's second coming, one purpose, one goal, Him. The disciples were a fractured group. Why? Because for those three years they had a different agenda than the one Jesus was promoting. He said to them at the very end, A new command I give you, John 13, that you love one another. By this will all men know you are my disciples if you have this bond of love for one another. And what was the agenda of the disciples, particularly the three leaders, Peter, James, and John? Their agenda was not his kingdom. Their agenda was keep the mothers away from him, keep the babies away from him, keep the children away from him. Their agenda was an earthly kingdom in which I will have power. doesn't say blessed are the powerful said, Blessed are the meek and the humble. The night in which he dies, I said it last Sunday, the night in which he dies, after communion, they're fighting about who's going to be the top dog in the kingdom. Jesus shakes his head and says, The Holy Spirit's going to come, and if he can't get him straightened out, I don't know who will. The Holy Spirit came. 
And when he did his operation on their hearts, you have what we talked about for nine weeks. You had love towards God. You had joy because of God. You had peace because of God. You had patience and kindness and goodness toward others. And you had faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When the Holy Spirit came for the next 20 to 30 years, they lived for one purpose. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the other ends of the earth, they lived for one purpose. That was to serve him. We have an enemy to the kingdom. The enemy is not flesh and blood. When I mention the word enemy, you think of an individual. Someone who makes your life difficult. Someone who has evil intents. Ephesians 6, last reading for this church year. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You'll survive no other way except to be strong in him. Put on the full armor of God so that when the devil comes, you can take your stand against him. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, you'll remain standing. Four weapons... For those who belong to the king's kingdom, four weapons. Satan is not desirous of our good, God's good, our church is good, our school's good, our board's good. He's not desirous of your neighborhood's good, your work's good. We look at Satan and sometimes we treat him like a cartoon character, a red cape and a pitchfork. Jesus treated him far differently. He said he's a liar and a murderer from the very beginning. And if he had the power, he would lead the whole world astray. Very clever. One purpose in his life, to defeat God's plan at every turn. To defeat God's plan and purpose for your life and mine as we wait for the king. And every opportunity that comes up that we might have stood for the kingdom. Some act of kindness, some act of mercy, some act of forgiveness. That's huge. Who wasn't at the Thanksgiving table because forgiveness hasn't occurred yet? Some act of kindness or goodness or mercy or grace. He thwarts it. The Apostle Paul said, four weapons to defeat him. First weapon is truth. Your life and mine must be true. It cannot be a lie. cannot be a lie. cannot be a lie. If there are lies or have truths in your life, things that you hope no one else ever discovers, that's a chain and a burden. You're walking in mud and quicksand. You'll suffocate. 
God is on the path. He tries to bring you back as he did the thief on the cross, prodigal son, David, Abraham, and so many others. Our lives must be true on this day. Secondly, righteousness, that weapon righteousness, in the Greek it means holy, to be holy. The word holy and health come from the same root word. If you want health on this earth, physical and mental and emotional and spiritual, the holiness must be there. Satan is not so powerful that God cannot make a way of escape whenever he comes and tries to draw you away from the will of God. He's not that powerful. Had a gentleman ask me two weeks ago, he got a decision to make. Do I stay in Chicago or, or do I go to Atlanta, Georgia? He's convinced he needs to go to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm surprised when he calls me and he says, Pastor, tell me this. How do I know that God wants me there? How do I know that Satan is not wanting me in Atlanta, Georgia, disturbing my life and my family's life? I said to him over the phone, you got a Bible? He, I, he said, yeah. I said, First John 4, 4, click to it, and he did. I said, would you read it? And he read it. The one in you is stronger than the one in the world. First John 5, 4, this is a victory that overcomes the world. Our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Truth. Holiness. New command I give you, I love one another. The last two weapons must be there, or the other two will disappear. The third weapon is faith. Faith. Faith in God, that he is stronger than the world in the world. Faith that God is real, not a fairy tale. Faith that his promises, every one of the 7,000 are true. Faith in him. And the last weapon he mentions in Ephesians 6 is prayer. He says, pray continually. He says, pray constantly. He says, in different circumstances, you'll have different sorts of prayers. You'll have short prayers, you have long prayers. Pray continually. He's the king. We are his subjects. He's the king. We are his subjects. Closing word. His last treatise, Matthew 25. Three parables. Parable of the ten virgins. Five of them are so wrapped up in the world they don't even think about his coming. The other five are in the world, but they're always thinking about him. And when he comes, they're ready. Next parable, Matthew 25. The parable... Christ the King Sunday, parable of the talents. One man has five talents, one has two, one has one talent. The master goes away. He says, live for me while I'm gone. 
Man with five talents got five more. Man with two talents got two more. The man with one talent said, I didn't think about you too much. Here's your stuff back. And the clincher is the parable of sheep and the goats, Matthew 25. You were ready, but what did you do while you were getting ready? You had talents. How would you use the talents? It's all wrapped up in the last parable, sheep and the goats. The strand is famous for preaching anything, as Matthew 25. This is after he's come. The other two are before he comes. This is after he comes. You come on my right side. The hungry you fed, the thirsty you gave drink, the naked you put clothes on. The sick you visited, those in prison you visited. I said last night that 25% of my ministry is to people not in this congregation. 25% of my ministry is to strangers. There are strangers in the waiting room at Lurie's Children's Hospital, at Hope's Children's Hospital, at the University of Chicago Children's Hospital, at Northwestern Children's Hospital. Why do I go there? Because they are so hungry and thirsty. When you have a child who is sick for many, many weeks, may live, may die, there is a hunger and thirst that's unimaginable. Their finances are affected. I try and help one family a month. The hunger and thirst for companionship, no one wants to be around them. What do you talk to? If your friend has a child who's dying, who wants to be around them? You don't know what to say. They hunger and they thirst, and, and I hope with me being that helps. And I will never, never, never leave a family at a hospital. I'll never, never leave a veteran at Mantino or Heinz without telling them about God. Hunger and thirst for food, for companionship, for God. What do we do while we're on this earth? We're united around one cause, his kingdom. And while he leaves us here, he says, Serve me by serving others. And you will have a health on this earth that you'd never imagine. Because you're not thinking about me. You're thinking about others. Thanks for listening. On the last Sunday of the church year, Christ the King Sunday, in our Savior's name, amen. Would you rise as we pray? Paul said, while you're waiting, stand firm. Martin Luther said, I cannot stop preaching about him. Here I stand. I shall do no other. 
Peter and John, when they were told by the enemies of Jesus, stop talking about him or we'll put you to death. They said, Acts 4.12, we won't stop standing for him because there is salvation in no one else save him. Stand firm on the rock, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in his name. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.